And that's the thing that I found was really intriguing because I came across a piece of research, uh, one from Google, that found that the number one factor for performance throughout the company really had nothing to do with individual characteristics. It had anything to do with how smart they were, how good of a salesperson they were, their IQ. Welcome to Outside Sales Talk, where we meet with industry experts to learn the strategies and tactics that make them successful. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and I've helped thousands of salespeople all over the world crush their quota. Today, I'll help you crush yours. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, we have Jason Troy on the show, and he's going to talk about how to become a leader on your sales team. So, uh, Jason, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on the show and speaking to your fantastic tribe. <laughs> thanks. And uh, Jason's an executive coach who works with executives, entrepreneurs, and rising stars to maximize their leadership potential and performance. He's, he's the best-selling author with, of uh, the book Social Wealth a how-to guide on building extraordinary business relationships, which has sold more than 45,000 copies. Jason was a featured speaker at TEDx Wilmington 2017, where he debuted his breakthrough team building game, Cards Against Mundanity. <laughs> I, love, I love that title. Um, that's awesome. Um, so, uh, so yeah, Jason, I, why don't we jump right into it? What, why do you think it's important that salespeople develop leadership skills? Well, I think in general leadership, how I define it is, is really taking accountability for finding the potential in people and processes and then having the courage to develop that potential. And I think if you look at it from a 50,000 foot view, really leadership is your ability to get the most out of yourself and everyone around you. And in order, if you don't have the self-awareness, really understand your emotional intelligence, know how to manage relationships and have best practice skill sets, you won't be able to do that. And you're not going to be successful in a sales role, obviously on a performance side in selling and helping people get value out of it. But also if your goal is to go up the rung and be a leader in your organization and manage other people, this is going to be possible. And what would you say the essential skills in leadership are that a salesperson needs to develop to be successful? Well, I think the first place is self-awareness. I mean, the data is that 95% of people think they're self-aware, but only 10 to 15% are. And as they've looked at other data, and there's a huge study where they had 5,000 senior managers and had them rate themselves on 20 different categories. And then they had people that they managed in various levels actually fill out the same survey. They found out that senior executives, you know, over, over analyzed or overestimated their uh, self-awareness levels significantly compared to what everyone else thought. And one of the problems is with self-awareness is people don't give you the feedback. And I know people always talk about feedback cultures and coaching people and getting information, but I've gone through a lot of organizations. I've just did some exhaustive surveys and, and research in Fortune and Forbes top 10 workplaces. 
and the sales side and really no one's getting that data and no one's asking. In fact, I just was talking to a sales executive who had 32 uh, reports for feedback from people above and below that sat in a corner of the desk for four years before he read them. <laughs> so, uh, well, that's definitely not a, a best practice. What would you say, how would you define self-awareness? I mean, I think it's really understanding your thoughts, thought processes and behaviors and how you handle your own emotions, right? I think all of those things really help you understand where you're coming from and then allow you to clearly see the world outside yourself, right? And then that allows you to navigate, make decisions, interact with people, have candid conversations, be vulnerable, open up. And all those things are pretty essential. And the real problem with self-awareness is if someone says, well, those all things seem nice, it's that end of the day, you, your skills and ability eventually hit a plateau. When that is, I don't know. Some people's 25, 35, 45, it could be 50. But when you hit that plateau, essentially that's your self-awareness. And it's the blind spots that you're unable to see. And our brain is organized for survival, not for happiness. So what ends up happening is that we are unconsciously not aware of the things that we're doing to sabotage ourselves. And all of the, and when you hit that ceiling, eventually it cripples you, right? It's the CEO who, you know, was told that he's a poor listener, but doesn't get it and continues to talk over other people and not take their feedback. But the problem is, is that it's a pattern that they've learned from early on in life. And that's really what the challenge is for most people. We're all a bunch of ones and zeros and patterns. And our self-awareness and blind spots are linked to either traumas or things that we learned growing up, right? So that CEO whose self-awareness now is hit a plateau, which is really making their job difficult to do and they're not growing and they're not being as successful, or that salesperson, you know, what happened is they grew up in a family of six people where the only way they got heard was talking over other people. Well, that served them at some point, but now it's not because they're not listening to people. They're not able to get feedback and it's going to eventually sink their career and either their business or they'll get fired and they'll eventually hit a rock bottom. And that's when people, you know, make the turn. So I always say for people, that if you have blind spots, which everyone does, and your self-awareness is not at a high level, the rest of what we're going to cover is really irrelevant because it'll just all get in the way. If you're not a good listener, by de facto, you can't be a good leader or a good manager. And these are just, that's just one example, but the multitudes of things that can be blind spots for people are, you know, sig are significant in anything in length. And how would you say a person should measure their own self-awareness or how do you measure the self-awareness of others? I both. Yeah, I think part of it is you can get feedback from people. Um, and you know, you can do some level of 360, but you'd have to have someone else do it outside yourself. I think the other part is starting to have candid conversations with people, you know, asking them things like, you know, what do you think I'm doing? Well, what don't you think I'm doing as well as I could be? right? Or things like, what could I do more of to help you? What could I do less of to start helping you? And getting some feedback that way and ask people. 
um, if you have relationships, good relationships with people, you can start getting questions and asking them pretty candid things. I find when people do it themselves and ask someone, the other people are less apt to give them the real answers in person. So you almost have to have a, a dedicated third party to doing it. But the other thing I think you need to do is go back and really do some sort of historical analysis of looking at what are the behaviors right now that are causing you problems or challenges and looking for what happened earlier on that you can make those linkages with. Because the problem is, is that if you go up and you give feedback to someone um, through a 360 that says they're not a good listener, our default mode is to offload that, right? We're not gonna accept the blame, we're not gonna be accountable, we're gonna say the people around us aren't smart. There are other people around us um, don't care. The people around us, you know, aren't as engaged as they should be. So that's the challenge. But if you, and that gets in our survival brain. But if we actually get feedback and take a look and find out from an historical point of view how someone grew up, what they did, or if there's any trauma or any issues, you can then make the linkages and approach someone and say, hey, if you grew up in a household where you had to yell over people, and the first time you remember getting mom and dad's attention was yelling over your brothers and sisters and they did something, well then someone else will say to you, I never realized that, I never made the link, and it goes into your intelligence and not your fight or flight side of the brain. And then you're able to actually do triage with that and come up with ideas such as, you know, talk last in meetings, ask more questions, ask better questions, right get to know people on a deeper level and then you can make really quick behavioral changes into your own self-awareness the challenge is you can go through lists of questions and i have i have them you can go through but when you do it by yourself it's difficult to take a look at it because our brain is organized to not allow us to do that so it's one of the real challenges every human being has and given its importance, how would you say a salesperson can develop their self-awareness, which would build their leadership skills? I think part of the things for self-awareness, again, is you've got to figure out like what is going on that's causing you the challenges and getting that feedback. I think also a huge piece of it is your ability to open up and be vulnerable with others and really build great relationships through a lot of truth telling, caring and getting to know, um, whether it be the people you work with or outside individuals. Because the more vulnerable and open you are, the more feedback you're going to get and the more people are gonna be telling you the truth rather than trying to tell you the things they want you to hear. And then the other part of it is, is the less time you're trying to impress people. Because most people in organizations spend a significant amount of time trying to impress people because they think that's the way they'll get promoted and that's the way they'll be more successful rather than actually doing the work and being themselves. And that goes for either clients or prospects or whatever it might be or with people that you work with. And that causes, I mean, a huge time waste and a time suck, which actually hurts people's performance. Well, what would you say the best way to train salespeople on leadership skills is? I think it's one, it's a, you have to start doing a couple things. One is really understand your self-awareness. I think your emotions and how they affect people in your emotional landscape. 
I think then you've got to figure out what the best practices are for management and leadership and, and go through those. And those take time, like managing other people, providing feedback, resolving conflicts, right? How to build relationships successfully. I mean, you sort of have to do some self-education, right? And then I think the next prong is really tackling hard conversations with people head on. Because I think one of the problems is, is that people avoid the difficult conversations, right? Really knowing where people stand with them and having conversations that can resolve conflict. So things of the nature that you'd ask someone that you manage, right? On a scale of one to 10, rate our relationship, one being poor, 10 being bad, and then tell me why. And then ask the question, how can I move it closer to a 10? Because if you do that, you're doing more truth telling and really finding out where someone stands. Like I, I've asked hundreds of people a couple years ago, I gave them, I said, I'll give you $1,000. And all you do is bet 100. If you can tell me within plus or minus one, all the people that report into you, what their score would be. So I gave them 10 to one odds. No one took me up on it. So, and the reason is, is because what their, what their score on what would be, uh, how they rate their relationship with the people they manage on a scale of one to 10 and what those people would say back to them. Interesting. Right? And, and would they actually match up within plus or minus one and mm -hmm. no one would take the bet because they really didn't know. They guess, but they really weren't unsure. And right. I bet today I wouldn't get any takers from anyone to take that and get it right because people are way off in where they assume those relationships are because they actually never check in with people on them. And so that's a huge problem when you're trying to manage and interact with other people is really knowing where they stand. So how does social awareness fit in with all this? First, what is social awareness and why is social awareness so important when building your leadership skills? Well, I think social awareness is really your ability to understand the landscape that you're operating in, right? I mean, and understanding people's emotions, their experience, their triggers, right? Their psychology, you know, the blueprint of how they see the world. Because if you don't understand those things, it's very difficult to interact with them. I think you also have to understand the trust building process with people. Because at the end of the day, trust is really the glue that puts this all together and holds the fabric of society and the relationship itself. Well, and certainly, certainly super important in sales. Certainly, yeah. And the problem is, is that you have to understand how can you rock a trust? Because what great salespeople do, and I observed the top 1% sales teams all the way down to the bottom, probably 80 different teams to try to understand and when you watch how they interact with each other at the top, you've noticed the huge difference in these teams is their awareness and their social awareness of how they interact not only with each other, right, but outside the team itself. And they're able to rocket trust in ways that other, other people are not. And that really is a difference. And one of the key things that they understand is that vulnerability is really the rocket fuel for trust. Because end of the day, when you look at trust, the thing that matters the most is how much someone cares about you. Because if you look at trust, it's sincerity, reliability, competency, and caring, right? Charles Feltman put together a list, which I think is a great list covering it. 
Mm-hmm. And end of the day, we've all, I mean, you, you keep people in your life that are not sincere or not reliable or not competent if they care about you a lot. But you don't have anyone in your life really that's super competent but doesn't care about you at all for very long other than a work situation or someone that you need that you can't get rid of. But outside of that, they're not really there. So you have to operate under that premise when you're meeting people. And the same example would be, we've all met people within five or 10 minutes that we felt like we've known all our life. Mm-hmm. So how, how can a salespeople get better at leveraging vulnerability to, uh, to deepen these bonds and have, and have better social awareness? Yeah, I think, I think one is an obvious way, right? How can I add value to people, right? I think when you have a contribution mindset, when you're in any setting versus what can I get, it immediately escalates you into that word. I think the other part of it is, is that you have to start to understand that in vulnerability, a lot of it's event driven, meaning that, you know, it'll be something will happen. Like you'll run across someone who either has cancer or they've had some crazy experience that you've had, right? Or there's some challenge that's going on that you're able to tap into. But the one part of it where you have complete control is self-disclosure and really getting to know people and asking questions. And that's the thing that I found was really intriguing because I came across a piece of research, uh, one from Google, that found that the number one factor for performance um, throughout the company really had nothing to do with individual characteristics. It had anything to do with how smart they were, how good of a salesperson they were, um, their IQ. It had to do with psychological safety and their ability to make environments safe through their social interactions with people. And without that, there was no high performance. So it didn't matter if they put a team of all-stars together, they were not performing as high as they were. And so when it comes to creating psychological safety with people, you've got to start asking them questions when you're a prospect, like towards the end, and I created a game which makes it easy to do this, but you ask questions like, I want to get to know you a little bit better. So tell me about like, you know, the person that really made the biggest impact on your life, or tell me about, you know, what you're most grateful for in your life, right? Or ask questions that can draw them out and tell you a story of where they come from, what their experiences are, and getting to know them. Mm -hmm. The key is when they start doing that, you can start escalating up and asking them more questions and they'll start sharing more and more. And that's how you build the highest levels of trust with someone super fast. Well, that's getting them to um, open up and, and to, to disclose things. What would you suggest reps do to, to be more vulnerable themselves in, in, a, in a sales situation? Well, I think it's all to share things about themselves, right? I mean, I think part of the process is, is that when you're more vulnerable and share things with people, either it's the things you're not doing well or things that you share about who you are as a person, right? Or just put little tidbits in there that really add to who you are as an individual, right? You allow people to start to get to know who you are. Mm-hmm. And I so think what, that's- What are some good examples of that, like that you would suggest a salesperson would share? What types of tidbits, what types of um, personal things or um, things that they, you know, would make them more vulnerable if they shared? 
I mean, if you go into someone's office or someone and see a picture of their kids, you could say things like, oh, I've got two kids too, or, you know, I don't have kids, but I'd love to have them. Like I love my nieces and nephews. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's being observant about what the conversation is and starting to open up as you're going through it on there, right? Mm -hmm. If you see some, if there's some like, like marker or something like this going across the screen and say, wow, the last time I looked at a line, I ran a marathon, right? I mean, I think it's just opening up and sharing things during the conversation because it gets people to humanize you as a person mm -hmm. and it allows them to share back. Because the thing about vulnerability is, is that you have to make it safe for someone else to share it with you. So you actually have to lead with vulnerability because unconsciously it tells someone else, you wouldn't have shared unless it's safe, right? And so then the other person starts to open up and share on the other side. And then you can stair step it up really fast with people and they're unaware of it and they just keep opening up and sharing things that they wouldn't share with other people. So I think you have to go to those places where, you know, it works really well, or even admit like, wow, our product at one point or something, you know, going through something they love saying, you know, one point our product did not even do this and it totally sucked, but we have great relationships with our customers and they taught us this and we built it into the product, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Things of that nature where you're sharing and opening up with people and giving them the candid truth is really important because another thing that happens is when people, when you share your, fa I, I worked in a software company and the interesting thing that I looked through, we did NPS scores and all the NPS scores for the customers that did, or all the customers that had horrible NPS scores and then had great ones were the ones that were the highest revenue for the company. And they were the happiest customers long-term. The customers that were happy, they had a ceiling. They really didn't get any higher over time. But you can actually take poor experiences and make them great. And so I think part of it is, is that if you have challenges, share them, right? So I think a lot of these things, you just have to start opening up and you'll learn from the cues around you what to do. And sometimes you gotta throw it out there. I don't think there's any, you know, you'll never really know until you try and then you'll just start to figure out the things that you can do. And there's probably, there's so many opportunities in every meeting. If you look at environmental clues and social. Ones. Really valuable advice. What would you say the difference is between a good leader and a great leader? I would say a good leader will get you results, right? A great leader develops, manages their people, and creates a culture of high performance, right? Because that creates the best versions of the people underneath you, and it's taking their advice, thought, and really putting it back into the company. And I think the challenge is, is you're seeing more and more of these companies with warts come out, right? Like stories I've read about Nokia. I mean, the fact is the, en the engineers knew that Apple was coming out with the iPhone back in the day. They just didn't tell the management because management didn't want to hear it. So they lost the phone race because the manager was too scared to talk up. Volkswagen created that engine and people heard about it on the fraud side of things because their management said, you will create a high performing diesel engine that will get past the California emission standard period. And we don't want to hear anything else. So what they did was create a software program that gamed the results. 
and they in when they actually had the cars running in front of people they stopped the back axle from running so the report was all fraud and they there were thousands of people involved in this fraud right and instead of doing it because the people running the business didn't want to hear anything other than you can do this and i think that that's that i think that's really the difference can you have that clear communication where you manage risks and allow people to suggest things be innovative. And I think you have to have psychological safety where people are able to do that in an organization. Because if they're not, the problem is, is the most dangerous silence is when it's one way. And that's often what happens in organizations, right? Because the managers and the bottom of the organization know what's going on, but they're not telling the people above them. So how can a, a salesperson use leadership skills to progress in their career? What, what specific actions can they take to show an organization or a prospective hiring manager that they have leadership skills? Well, I think one, it's your ability to manage other people. And I think by showing their performance, their growth, how they progressed is probably a key point to show someone that you can manage people and get the best out of them. I think how you interact with them and give them feedback is really important as well. And I think showing people how you can do that, for instance, right? When giving negative feedback to people, it's, it's how you phrase things with other people. And I think like in a situation like that, you say to someone, you know, I've got some hard feedback for you but I know you're really talented and I know you can rise up and meet this new feedback, right? And you can say things like that. And I think when you project that and have conversations with people about how you manage, get feedback, talk to people, you can instill in the people that either you're going to apply for a new job or go up to scale that you really understand how to grow and scale your sales team. Because end of the day, the, as you go up the ladder, you're instead of managing just chaos, you're managing nuances and sophisticated problems, which is about trust and getting people to execute right and run a playbook. It's not about doing the work itself. So it's really about you and your relationships and managing your relationship network. Excellent. Well, Next, we're going to go into the section of the, uh, the program here called Sales in 60 Seconds. I'll ask you a question, and the goal is to answer in 60 seconds. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So why are relationships important in leadership? Well, we're all relation. I mean, we're all about our relationships. I mean, our relationships are how we sell in sales how we get the most out of other people, how we solve problems, how we interact and engage. So I think relationships are just the core. If you're not an expert in managing relationships and building and growing them, you'll fail. What role does accountability play in sales leadership? Well, I think accountability is key because in accountable situations, it's not just taking responsibility for it, it's then creating the actions and being accountable to that and following up with people, right? In a situation we talked about before, if you tell someone at a scale of one to 10, where's our relationship? And the last question would be to ask, like, how can I make, move it closer to a 10, right? 
Well, your job then is to report back to that person what you did in order to try to move it back to a 10. So I think accountability is about the actions you take and reporting those back. And it doesn't matter what level you're at. I think it's something that you have to exhibit because that's how you get buy-in from other people. And tell me, how, how can you build trust when you jump into a new leadership role? Well, I think the first thing is you've got to really understand the people around you by going and either group interactions and individual ones where you start understanding their experiences, where they come from, where their hot buttons, how they like to receive information, when to approach them, right? What are their career aspirations? What do they like to do? What don't they like to do? I think getting to know people and asking those questions is absolutely critical one-on-one. And then I think in a group full of people interacting with them, you want to start to ask questions and get people to share things that really are vulnerable so they can feel safe to be in an environment with you and you can rocket your own trust. Questions like, you know, what are the most important lesson that you've learned in the last year, right? What's the biggest setback that you've overcome in the last five years? Like what's your, what's in your opinion is your greatest achievement? I mean, questions that you can really learn about people at a deep level and questions probably people who only know them for five, 10, 15 or 20 years would know. If you can get that information and start to build that level of trust with someone, really you can do almost anything. What's the biggest mistake people make? in a leadership role? Well, I mean, there's a lot. I think one is talking over people. One is not listening to them. One is not getting to know them. And I think another one is believing you can do it all alone and you have all the answers. For sure. What's your favorite leadership tool or book or source of information? You know, I think one of the best books out there or authors is Brene Brown. I mean, she's got a lot of great books. She's got a new book called Dare to Lead, which I think I give to all my clients and I think is arguably the best leadership and business book out there for people to lead and manage others. What's the best leadership advice you've ever received? You know, it's invest in your relationships because social wealth is the most important form of capital out there and it will make or break you. As a final takeaway, what should the field salespeople listening today do as a first step to becoming, becoming a leader in their team? Yeah, I think it's to start really figuring out ways that you can really escalate trust with the people around you and being more vulnerable and opening up. Because I think if you can start asking questions with people, you'll start to get the evidence that there's a lot more that you can learn. And by learning that information, it will be a lot more helpful for you. And I think that's the first person, that's the first place I would start. And you can start with the next prospect or customer interaction you have by asking them more vulnerable questions. Fantastic, fantastic advice. Well, I'm gonna jump into summarizing what we've talked about today here in a minute or two here. Uh, so, First of all, um, Jason said that leadership is taking accountability and getting the most out of yourself and those around you. 
Self-awareness is the first step in leadership. Self-awareness is understanding your thoughts, behaviors, and your own emotions, and then allowing yourself to see the world beyond yourself. It's important to try to uncover your own blind spots so that you can work better with those around you. You can measure your own self-awareness by getting thoughtful feedback from people. Salespeople can develop their self-awareness by practicing being more open with people in their organization and accepting their feedback. It's also important to understand social awareness because uh, in order to understand how you fit into the whole organization around you, you really have to understand, um, you, you have to understand that you have to be socially aware to really, to really grasp that position. In, in a sales team, it's, it's crucial to build trust in order to be a successful leader. Add value to the people that you're meeting in order to start building that connection. Um, the, a, a, great, a great strategy in life in general is just to seek to add value. Um, you, actually, you had a way you said it, uh, being a value. Well, I think you have a contribution mindset. I think it's much yeah. more, because uh, I think the, the thing about a contribution mindset is it gets you out of, is it a win or a loss? Yeah, I remember you said, I, I really, I couldn't remember the exact words you used, but I really liked, I really liked that contribution mindset. Um, it's a great, it's a great uh, kind of way of, lens of looking at the world. Try to create psychological safety for those that you meet in order to form a connection and work to share things with those around you to build trust. Practice being observant and understand what's important to the person you're talking to, work to connect on a common topic with them. Good leaders will get you results. Great leaders develop a team and create a solid culture. Um, that's, that's a really important point. It's not just about getting your results, but it's also about kind of building the structure and the ecosystem to to create success going forward, creating that culture and, and the team to do that. Salespeople can work to progress their career by working on starting to manage their relationships and strengthening their networks. Accountability is key in sales leadership because it helps you develop your relationships with customers as well as your relationships with your team. Finally, when striving to become a sales leader, it's vital to really invest in your relationships and work to build trust with those around you. Well, this has been absolutely fantastic, Jason. Where can, where can people read more about some of your work? How do they reach out to you? Tell us, sure. about, uh, tell us about yourself. Sure. You can go to uh, jasontroy.com, and that's Jason, and it's T-R-E-U.com. And then you can go to Cards Against Mundanity download my team building employee engagement game for free and it's a question and answer game that you play in groups of people that builds trust team closeness and engagement in like 45 minutes or less very cool well i uh i hope everyone's enjoyed this episode of the outside sales talk um if you have any feedback feel free to reach out to us uh if you like the podcast Definitely uh, 
send it, send it off to another friend in, in field sales that could use it because, uh, you know, the goal is one, one, one goal we have is to, to help each other and, and be a, uh, be a value creating person. <laughs> so as we've, as we've, as we've learned today here, take care until next week, guys.